I'm Britt Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, September 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, today in things you never knew you needed, but I think you actually might, Tim Hortons has dropped a streetwear line. Three collections, always fresh, always fun, and always Tim's boast a very on-trend mix of retro aesthetics, beige colors, and the bagginess that Gen Zers love. Wait to crack joke, but we admit that the clothes are actually pretty sick. You might catch us rocking a pair of oat milk joggers during our next visit to the gym or drive through in that case, whatever. I know you already own some Tim Hortons apparel, Jay. You can be adding this to your collection. Uh, not until the Tim Beebs too actually rises in value. I just looked because I like to check sometimes when it comes up. It doesn't even seem like it's selling or anybody's bidding on it on eBay. So Wow, who would have thought, Jay? I didn't quarter the market so much as buy four of them. Two of them are still in their plastic bags. So anybody listening, if you're in the market for a, the last streetwear release, that Tim Hortons did. I, I have some, but that's pretty cool. I mean, I think people will wear them. I think it's a good... Oh, look, I like the idea. It's a good marketing stunt. I'm sure people will buy these and wear them and it'll be fun. It kind of reminds me of how No Frills was doing like the oh. no-name oh, yeah. bag and no-name this and no-name that. You're a hauler, Brett. Yeah, that's what it was. Hauler. I hated that, but I understand it conceptually and I think it's interesting. Well, there you go, Brett. Aside from what we're going to see you in next season, running around town, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Rise of the Athlete Influencer. For our second story, Canada makes friends in the Indo-Pacific. And for our last story, China's got chips too. For our first story, athletes. They're just like you and me. They eat, sleep, and are painfully aware of how many views their latest Instagram post is getting. Brett, how are athletes using social media? As the U.S. Open continues, Jeannie Bouchard will be on the sidelines after failing to even qualify for the tournament. Now, Again. despite this... And the fact that she also failed to qualify for Wimbledon this summer, a recent study ranked her as the fifth most valuable Canadian athlete influencer. With a devoted fan base of 2.4 million Instagram followers, Bouchard still scores big endorsements as an influencer, despite being far removed, far, far removed from the top of her game. Now to zoom out. Subpar athletic performance, relatively speaking, obviously, hasn't gotten in the way of the non-stars using social media to earn popularity and pivot to more lucrative careers as influencers. The likes of former NHLer Paul Bissonnette, who has seven career goals, and NFLer Pat McAfee, who was, you know, a punter, have become wildly popular pundits, mainly because they are just funny on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. I have to say, I am a Paul Bizanet, Biznasty fan myself. Now, golf influencer Paige Spiranak converted a failed professional golf career into golf's largest social media empire, where she can earn about $100,000 per sponsored post. Plus, since 2021, NCAA athletes have been able to profit from their image, leading to a rush of U.S. college athletes turning to influencer marketing to cash in. And many of those popular college athletes on social media aren't necessarily the best in their respective fields. Livy Dunn, the poster child for NCAA athlete influencers, has had a good, not amazing collegiate career, but thanks to viral videos and a 7.8 million TikTok follower audience, she's accrued millions and once made $500,000 for a single post. Did she have to post about Saudi Arabia, Brett? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, uh, that's a Neymar special. Go. The bottom line is this. Influencing offers a way for athletes who aren't top-level talent to rake in top-level checks. Ultimately, real superstars are still going to come out on top, like soccer phenom Alfonso Davies, who topped the list of Canadian athlete influencers. For our second story, at an international summit of Asian countries, the Prime Minister of Indonesia got a custom Team Canada basketball jersey, and Canada got a shiny new foreign partnership. Now, what is this all about, Jen? 
Well, Canada and the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN, 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 an economic bloc of 10 Indo-Pacific countries, including Indonesia and Singapore, signed a strategic partnership, a mostly symbolic gesture that recognizes increased cooperation. Now, this foreign relations equivalent of a friendship bracelet comes after Canada rolled out its Indo-Pacific strategy last year as it tries to make inroads in the region. And it matters because the friendship comes with economic benefits and bodes well for a future free trade agreement or an FTA, which both sides want to ratify by 2025. A free trade agreement with SEN would be a major win, lifting trade roadblocks to one of the biggest blocks in the Indo-Pacific, Canada's second largest export market and the world's fastest growing economic region. You know, once upon a time, Jay, I was actually a member of the ASEAN card program, which was like Nexus for the Asia Pacific. So I could use faster lines of customs. Fancy pants. Currently, Canada, a major food supplier to ASEAN nations, but sees other areas for economic opportunity, including assisting the bloc in its green energy transition. Canada would also gain some clout in the region over the likes of the U.S. and the EU, who don't have trade deals in place despite being strategic partners. And here's the bottom line. Trade activity between Canada and ASEAN already grew 18% in 2021 and 28.8% in 2022. By taking their friendship to the next level, that could grow even more. (laughs) I like the bracelet reference. For our third story, as the U.S.-China chip continues to run hot, a new smartphone has entered the chat. Yeah, here's what's driving the news. So a Bloomberg report revealed that the Mate 60 Pro, a new phone from Chinese multinational Huawei, is powered by an advanced chip made by SMIC, which is China's top chip maker, a sign that the country's chip development has taken a big step forward. Investors believe the phone's performance represents a breakthrough in China's chip industry, with SMIC adding over $5 billion to its market cap since last week. China also announced on Tuesday that it is launching a state-backed fund for its semiconductor sector with the goal of raising $40 billion. It matters because Huawei's phone represents the rapid progress that China's chip industry has managed to make in the face of sweeping U.S. sanctions, a sign that it's catching up to the West's ability to build technology that has become a central part of modern economies. But the high-end chip powering Huawei phone looks promising. However, SMIC's ability to scale up the chip production at a reasonable cost is still a big question mark. Now here's what's next. Some experts believe that the development will only escalate the chip war between the world's two largest economies, with the U.S. likely to double down with harsher sanctions in an upcoming competition bill. Hey, pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Brett. Have a good Wednesday, Peak Pals.